chapter 9 in the book of Revelation. And if you're thinking, Patrick, why does it look so dark around you? It's, it's because it's so dark around me. In this office, we have a couple of choices. This or 5,000 um, fluorescent tubes going. So hope you don't mind the darkness. Revelation chapter 9 is a little bit dark, if we're honest. If you remember, and when we left off the end of chapter 8, uh, it was a cliffhanger. The, you know, woe because of what's just about to happen to you. And then we have a chapter break. Remember that the Bible is not um, divided into chapters and verses until many, many hundreds of years later. So the readers, uh, and by, by far, there would have been far more listeners than readers. The, the listeners and the readers would not have had a chance to get their breath or to go get a cup of tea. Uh, it is, oh, no, look what's coming next, and boom. And that's the way life often is, and I wish it wasn't. And I hurt when I go through those sessions of one wave of pain, another wave of pain, physical, emotional, spiritual. And I hurt when others do as well. But life is like that. Life is hard. Life is difficult. And when the spiritual forces get involved, then things become more difficult still. So let's just go ahead and hear what they heard. Revelation 9, verses 1 through 6. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss, and out of the smoke, locusts came down upon the earth. They were given power, like those of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not to have... Uh, they were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months, only. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. Um, as we've mentioned before, words can have more than one meaning. And to find out what the meaning is for that word... We always have to check the context. And even in a broad context of chapters 8 and 9, words can shift. You know, stars from heaven falling can be great leaders, or it can be an angel on the move. It's according to what the context is. Uh, and by the way, why wouldn't God write a book that was far more simple to understand? Well, he, he told you it's going to be in signs. And he did it in Greek. We don't know what the original was, but most likely Greek, because John does this in the Gospel of John a lot. He uses some Greek terms, some Hebrew terms, some Aramaic terms, and then he uh, defines them for you. Anyway, if this is the same John, he's doing the same thing, but if not, it was common. We do this too. We use the language and change the meaning of words or have one word that has several meanings. God uses language like we use language, so that we can figure out what's going on sometimes. Sometimes we don't really understand who was speaking and who was listening, so we have to be fair there. But this angel, uh, this star, has to be an angel because he is coming out of God's area with a key 
to go down to the shaft that will lead into the underworld. The, the word abyss here was the home of the dead. It was Hades. It was where the dead go. But it's also where the demonic powers were locked up. So we have to decide which one of those it's going to be. And this one's going to be easy. It's going to reveal itself really, really quick. Here, the angel clicks the lock. He opens it up and releases some demons. Some demons that got it imprisoned for reasons we do not know. In Luke chapter 8, for example, uh, the Gadarene demoniac is called, or the Gergesene, or the Gergarene. Um, it's hard to figure out how to spell that, and the gospel writers change it. Wherever that was. The guy that was possessed by demons, do you remember whenever they saw Jesus was going to toss them out? They, they were terrified. And they, and in Luke chapter 8, they said, are you, going, are you going to throw us into the abyss? And it's this prison. We don't really understand why some are imprisoned and some are not. And some get out of bed and are shoved back in. But we do know uh, that this is referred to, not just here, but also in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, and Jude verse 6. There are no chapters in Jude. Jude verse 6. They talk about prisoned or chained up demons. This is really kind of cool and kind of scary at the same time. Martin Luther referred to Satan as God's dog. And you're wanting that to be explained right now, so I shall. That meant he could only run as far as God let the chain run out. We've all walked past homes, um, been places where the dog comes out and just, rah, just coming at you and then gets yanked back by the collar because the chain ran out. Well, God evidently can play out that chain or he can pull it back, but the devil's never in control and God can always yank it and pull him back. The listeners in the late first century and the early second century they would have known all about plagues of locusts. Uh, you and I most likely have never experienced these. Um, of course, there's a plague of uh, grasshoppers that swept through, and the, the Mormons have a tale on that. And I've, I've lived through the 17-year lo locusts, the, uh, the cicadas and such, but the, the locusts, whenever they would come out, we, we lived in West Virginia when that, that happened, and it was apocalyptic feeling 24-7. It was hard to hear yourself think with the locusts. Um, that was rather terrifying. And, and just trying to drive, your wipers and escorting the stuff on the windscreen, uh, you just couldn't keep up with it. Uh, now think of it, however, as being the kind of locusts they had in the Middle East. They'd show up unexpectedly, like, a, uh, like an invading army. And they would truly invade your land. They'd strip it of all food, all vegetation, in days, sometimes in hours, seriously. It was, well, the word is apocalyptic. And here we are in the apocalypse, so it's fitting. And then think after that, after they've moved on, going for more, the people that are left are now ripe for starvation and war. By war? Starvation, you can figure out the food's gone. Um, war because uh, starving people are displaced people and they must move. But other people have been moving too because locusts 
start somewhere and they go somewhere in their life cycle. So you've got these people on the move trying to find food and fighting over limited resources. So the appearance of locusts was multi-terrible. It wasn't just the stripping of food. It was also the losing of your land, which was a huge thing to the people then. Uh, land didn't go anywhere, it stayed in the family. But the losing of the land and having to fight for another land when you don't have food in your belly. It was just terrible. Now here's the thing though, these aren't locusts. A uh, couple reasons we know why. Number one, God said he was making these symbols and signs. So they're not locusts. They're a symbol of something else. And besides, locusts don't sting. Uh, they, they don't bite you. They don't sting you. These do. Uh, also, locusts would have stripped the grass and the plants and the trees. And God says here, not letting them harm that. So there's still going to be a land and a place for the people. But there's going to be pain. Pain like scorpions. I've seen a few scorpions in the wild. I've never been bitten by one. I don't, or stung by one. I got that thing back there. there was a whack. Um, and I understand that some of them are quite painful and some of them are even very dangerous. So um, I don't want don't, to don't be a part of that. Anyway, the, um, the locusts can in, in, inflict pain, but they're not allowed to kill anyone. And they're only allowed to uh, go after those that are not God's people. We don't have the seal of God on them. Now, I'm gonna jump way ahead, way ahead, several centuries here, and talk about how the knowledge of God has helped his people survive sometimes. But it's a double-edged sword. When the people around you are dropping like flies, but your group isn't, you can become a scapegoat, and they come after you. And that often happened with Jewish communities and early Christian communities that were also um, rather Jewish in their character. You see, while plagues would be hitting an, a region, there are often times where the Jews, let's just talk about the Jews. We could talk about early Christians too. I just don't want to keep having to jump back and forth. Where the Jewish people didn't have that much sickness. They weren't completely unaffected. They had to go and work among people who were sick, and, and that will make you sick at times. But because they had scrupulous laws about washing, cleaning, about uh, what was a food you could eat and when you had to throw food away and how you managed things when you came across mold or insects or vermin, what happened when you touched a dead body, be it animal or human, all of these rules out of Leviticus start at chapter 11, move forward. Uh, and by the way, I'm aware that the light keeps going darker and brighter that's because the camera is of an old Mac Air that I'm working off of. Well, these days, I'll dream of a new one. And therefore, the light reading, every time I move, and there's light over here. So I hope it's not too distracting, right? Anyway, that's it. Um, when the Jews know all these rules, you know, things like the bubonic plague didn't hit them as hard. Other illnesses did not hit them as hard. That was a blessing, but it was also a curse because people could look over there and go, well, they must be causing it then because the people back then were stupid. We are too, but we're stupid. We're stupid. We are too, but we're stupid in completely new ways. I think we should be proud of that. Even to this who believe that they're saved and, and do not have a sense of shame. That said, there are Christian churches that 
uh, just absolute shame. They do shame 101, 201. They really like shame. You don't get the you don't get the mental health benefits that way. And then they're the ones that go around telling everybody else they're going to hell. You don't get the mental health benefits. If we live by the Sermon on the Mount, there is a certain amount of blessing one gets physiologically. It's when it was just beginning to figure out what this retrovirus was. Well, there were, sad to say, Christian preachers that were saying, this is God's revenge on uh, gay people. That was not only unnecessary, it's blasphemous people. It really is. It's a virus. Yes, sharing needles and some aspects of um, gay sex that caused Yes, and that's how it spread. But if that was God attacking gay people, his aim was horrible because he killed an awful lot of people who just had blood transfusions or who just kissed the wrong person in their family. Or God doesn't do that, all right? Just, he doesn't. But all through this, there were, um, there were commercials on TV that said, don't you know, break the silence. We have to talk about AIDS. And I was always thinking, and turn this way, see if it helps. In classes, I would be teaching. If I was afraid of AIDS, I would say, no. And the reason is, I've just been with one woman and she's just been with me and I'm not afraid of sexually transmitted diseases either, for the same reason. Um, it doesn't make me better than anybody else. And it doesn't mean that I won't get something else and die of that, because I will die. I mean, that's easy statistic, one out of one dies, and I'm in that pile there. But there are some other benefits. Um, if we live as we say we believe, we're less likely to be drunk and driving on the road. That doesn't make you immune from a drunk hitting you while you're sitting there reading your Bible and singing the bunnies. We're not immune, but there is an edge, all right? Just be aware. Now, back to our story, and wave at it, because we're gonna go way back before that, we're going to go all the way to the book of Joel. It's a, it's a tiny book, almost forgotten, and shouldn't be. It's not about us. It's not to us. But it, 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 well, the imagery. In chapters 8 and 9, really, the book of Joel and Ezekiel get a ton of shout-outs because the imagery is lifted. Just for example, Joel, and, um, and we'll open it up, chapter 1. Verse 6, a nation has invaded my land, a mighty, what, ar what army would that be, Joel? Oh, he'll tell you. It's, um, it's locust, and it's an apocalyptic locust, which means it's not about locusts. I'm just going to, I mean, there are a whole bunch we could go here. Chapter 2, uh, it's really worth a read. Chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, we'll go all the way down through the verse, verse 10. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry with a noise like that of chariots. They leap over the mountaintops. They really do, people. They make a noise, and you see them. It's like a swarm of birds coming. With a crackling fire, consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors, they scale walls like soldiers. They all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other, 
Each marcher straight ahead, they plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. They rush up and they refer, they call back to Joel very often. Um, let's do another one, okay? Uh, not Joel this time. Let's go all the way back a little further to Ezekiel. Um, hard book. It's a hard book to understand. And if you don't like reading Ezekiel, it's okay. There's no pop quiz to get into heaven. It's just Jesus and you. If you know him and you claim him here and he claims you there, but still, it's fun to try, isn't it? Ezekiel chapter nine. Um, I'm just, I'm gonna do the first 10 verses, taking a little extra time here, but I hope that's okay. Then I heard him call out in a loud voice. Now this, by the way, this is terrifying to bunnies, okay? Ezekiel 9, verse 1. I heard him call out in a loud voice, bring near those who are appointed to execute judgment on the city, each with a weapon in his hand. And I saw six men coming from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. Israel went up from above the cherubim. Ooh, we've heard of them before where it had been, and moved to the threshold of the temple. Then the Lord called to the man clothed in linen, who had the writing kit at his side, and said to him, Go throughout the city of Jerusalem. Put a mark on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. And as I listened, he said to the others, Follow him through the city and kill, without showing compassion or pity. Slaughter the old men, the young men, the women, the mothers, and the children, but do not touch anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the old men who were in front of the temple. Then he said to them, defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go. So they went out and began killing throughout the city. While they were killing and I was left alone, I fell face down, crying out, alas, sovereign God, are you going to destroy the entire remnant of Israel? The land is full of bloodshed and the city is full of injustice. They say the Lord is forsaken the land. The Lord does not see, so I will not see. I will not look on them with pity or spare them, but I will bring down on their own heads what they have done. What they sow, they also actually sending men in with swords to kill men, women, and children. That's not who he is. He is that's, that's, you would misunderstand Ezekiel if you try to take Ezekiel literally. You're really well. Eric von Donneken tried in the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s and um, made himself wealthy for a while until people began to go, wait a minute. So don't, you know, don't do that. Anyway, um, God, the whole passage here is about what you send. It matters to your, your society, to your life, to your family. Sin destroys things. And after God gives a certain number of warnings, God quits giving warnings. I know all of you are crying right now. How many and where am I? <laughs> the point is not to try to figure out where the scales are. Uh, God doesn't do scales. You're in or you're out. Uh, very digital. It's not analog with God. Uh, and you're in if you believe in Jesus and you try to follow him. And you know, uh, for many, many years, I've, worked with restoration churches. These are churches that came out of the restoration movement. Uh, historians tend to prefer to call it the Stone Campbell movement. And in 1809 is um, when Thomas Campbell wrote his declaration and address, which very much worth a read. Um, 
one of the number one was basically if you call yourself a Christian and you follow Christ the best you can, you're a Christian and we accept that you're a Christian. Now that in 1809 was absolutely radical because people were still killing each other over one little aspect of scripture or another and churches were dividing constantly. And here he is going, I'm not dividing. You follow Jesus the best you know how and you're a, you're, you say you're a Christian, oh, you're a Christian. And I love that unity spirit. That said, we, um, we need to be marked as Christians by actually living what we say we believe. That's tough. Love God, love each other. Easy to say, hard to do. Because frankly, some people aren't lovable and they're making this job harder than it needs to be. If that happens to be you, if the people in the room now are looking your direction. Okay. Uh, Ezekiel, even Ezekiel, again, very difficult book. Um, at least Jeremiah warns us, lamentations, you know, Ezekiel can get really rough. He reminds us that God would rather we repent. So look at chapter 18, 23. He, uh, he'd rather we repent. He doesn't want to do the destruction thing. But if we choose to run down the destruction path, he's going to let us go. Back to our story. Rome had made some very bad choices. Um, I like to listen to, to podcasts, and there's one from Spotify called Dictators, and it's uh, it's truly fascinating, and they got better as they went along uh, with it. At first, it was rather stilted, and uh, you could tell they were reading things, and but they, it got better, and they did a whole season on the dictators of Rome, the different emperors, not listening for the kiddies, and they do warn at the, at the start of everyone. You know, Nero, Caligula, and you're getting, the, you're getting the drift here. That said, this was all before Revelation was written. And so the people really could look there and go, oh, boy, I get about this. I understand. And those people do need to repent. Uh, one after another, these, these emperors were completely mentally ill. I things to prove that statement. You need to go do your own research. The people of the empire suffered because of their evils. You get this? He says, I don't have words for this. So I'm, I'm pasting stuff I know. Their hair was like women's hair. In the 60s, I heard a sermon against the hippies. And I was just a, a wee boy. But the guy took it from probably a little stoned and they might want some snacks. Anyway, and her teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates, like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like, 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 compared to, like, like, as unto, get it? Thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers, like scorpions. And in their tails, they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them, the angel of the abyss, whose name is in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek is Apollyon, that is destroyer. The first woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. Okie dokie. Um, we, got, we got some stuff to talk about. Death and destruction. That's all that was going to be left behind. Death and destruction. Uh, that's really what Apollyon and Abaddon mean. It's, um, um, they actually don't have exactly the same meaning, but that's because one's in one language and one's in the other. 
uh, Abaddon, you're really talking about destruction and death. Um, when you bled out uh, or your skulls kicked in and you didn't take bodies home. There was no, that wasn't part of the culture, wasn't part of uh, leave no man behind. None of that was true. In fact, the Romans, my officers carried pistols um, because pistols back then and even pistols today are not a good battle uh, implement. As, as the great Colonel Jeff Cooper said, a pistol's to fight your way to your rifle and a rifle's to fight you, your way back home. Um, it is, um, but anyway, the back then that they carried those handguns really to shoot the deserters, not the, the enemy. I don't know if that's true. And if you write in, I'm probably not gonna care. <laughs> Cause you know, anyway, the point is the body's just laid there. If you'd like, um, you can buy a couple of dozen books on Revelation and you can go online and, and you can find scores and scores of uh, websites dedicated to Revelation and all of uh, the problems that are coming because of it. And they all have two things in common. So please hear me. I know I've been going for 28 minutes. Please hear me. They all have two things in common. Number one, they try to make these locusts into armies from Russia, China, Botswana, I don't And they try to make the locusts sometimes into actual war material. Um, back in the 70s, uh, there were revelation books that were saying these are Huey helicopters. They don't sell that book anymore. In fact, if you really want to buy a bunch of books on Revelation, just wait a little bit because all of them go on the remainder table because they, they miss it. They all try to do that. And then number two, they were written by people who have never experienced serious, systemic, sustained persecution. Not a bit of it. They're overfed. They, they are um, cosseted in their homes and they preach doom and gloom all through the land and saying revelation proves it while they're sitting in their offices with central heat and air you got that working off an old computer this one's on its last legs i know that's um but at, the, at least at the time i'm recording this i'm unemployed so this is what i got for now right um God, God has just got to shake his head at this. All these rich, mainly white people, we have a lot of African-Americans writing prophetic books too, that make us the center of the drama. People have to invent drama because they've never lived one. Put that on a t-shirt. Therefore, ooh, the locusts mean this. And the mark of the beast, we'll get to that, means this or that or this or that or this or that. Whatever will make me the center of God's cosmic drama because my life needs drama. I've got a car with air conditioning and I can listen to my music on my phone while I'm driving it with temperature controlled and airbags. And I, then I got my Starbucks cup over here and then I've got, a, and yet I got to tell you about this persecution because at Target, they won't let the Salvation Army guys ring their bells by the door. And oh, did you see the new logo for the Starbucks Christmas cup? 
Michael the Archangel has got to be face palming at this stage. We are, we're good people. We're really good. You know, hmm. it's, you're not being persecuted. They take away ministers' exemptions for something or church exemptions for taxation. You're not being persecuted. They limit your free speech and this, that, and the other. That could be pretty tough, but it can be. But if you're living in the Western world, you're still not being persecuted. You just, if you think you are, I would like to take you on a trip to Darfur, Sudan, uh, Cambodia, locust army of demonic forces. As the angels are released, remember the angels are released when the key is turned and they fly up through the shaft. They cross the Euphrates. And that's the frightening thing here. If you read the rest of it, the horses and riders I saw, well, we'll back up to verse 13. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet and I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the Gwendry. That's not a horse. These are pictures of demonic beings. Do demonic beings look like this? No. He's just saying, this is the best I can do. Right? The rest of mankind, you were not killed by these plagues. Here, punchline, big point coming right here. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or, or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. In all this horror, do not lose, do not lose sight of the patience of God. Patience of God? Really? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Because he keeps hitting them, causing them pain. Then he hits them a little harder, causing them more pain. He hits them a little harder. Only just now has he started killing. He's given a lot of chances here. They still do not repent. Soaked with the blood of abortion. And as this is being recorded on Thanksgiving week, and we're heading in there for into Christmas, uh, every year, Planned Parenthood and a couple of other uh, pro-abortion groups send out. So even while this wasn't written to us, it was written for us. Maybe we should be paying attention and act more like Christians and less like the culture. We don't have to condemn or be mean to the culture. We should love the people. Love the people who have abortions, who have driven drunk and killed people. Love them too. Serve them. Ask how, what is the best thing you could do to help them? You're never going to win people to Jesus by looking like the culture and snarling and biting someone who snarls and bites at you. When will we ever learn? Well, it won't be in chapter 10, but chapter 10 comes next. I hope if you're watching this during this week that you have a blessed Thanksgiving. I know it's not the way we would like it to be with COVID in the room, but you know something? We're, we're fed overfed, we still have how